I remember I woke up at five, four, five a.m. in the morning for some reason. I needed to go to the toilet or something, and I checked my phone and I had a little, the little badge with one. And I thought, oh, I'll check it now. I'm pretty tired, and I opened it and I seen it was like palladium or NCP DFAT, and I was like, partner, do I wait? Do I check it? Do I leave it? And I sat there staring at my phone at five a.m. for about fifteen minutes. I was like, oh my god, it, like, I don't want to read this because what if it's a no? G'day and welcome to the NCP Journey Podcast. I'm Rob Malicki and I'm coming to you today from Garrigal Land in Sydney. Thanks for your company. And in today's episode, I'm speaking with Ben Bryan from Charles Sturt University. Ben's early in his NCP journey and in this interview, we're talking about his application and interview. Now, his story is really fascinating. Having grown up in Western New South Wales, Ben faced a lot of challenges and he's really honest about some of the things that he's faced and faced down. And now those things have come back as part of his interview and application process and he's turned them from challenges that he's faced into strengths in his application. So we dive deep into that and how you can take things that maybe have been challenges for you and turn them into strengths on your application as well. Ben studies a Bachelor of Social Work. Interestingly though, he's a distance student so he doesn't study full-time on campus and once again that's a really different experience to have had going into something like the new combo plan interview and application process. Ben is really authentic, he's very generous with his story and I hope you enjoy this wide-ranging conversation with Ben Bryan. Super good to have you here Ben and mate your story is a little bit different to my students because you're studying fully online. Yeah, thanks, Rob. Thanks for having me. So I guess for me, I'm coming from Wiradjuri land um, here, Dubbo, Western New South Wales. And for me, I guess in terms of where I'm at now, in terms of study, the NCP, like New Colombo Plan Scholarship and distance education, I actually was working full time and I decided to study tertiary education. So I thought I'd never go to uni, finished high school, thought I'm just going to work labour work, trade work, hospitality, whatever. And I actually come to working full-time. I was working at a pub, so in a bar and restaurant in, here in Dubbo. And I was also working part-time initially for New South Wales Health, so in the Western New South Wales Local Health District. So I got into working as a person, like a lived experience worker, peer worker. So essentially, yep. I've got a lived experience of mental illness, lived experience of drug and alcohol recovery. And why I decided to study distance was I didn't want to give up a job that I loved so much that I was fortunate to have without a degree, which was really, really, and it's quite rewarding. It's the job I actually do now full-time as well. So distance education, yeah. You just had a pretty big win recently yep. with winning a new Colombo plan scholarship. Firstly, congratulations. Yeah, cheers, Rob. Thank you. Yeah. Deal, man. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's un- yeah, it's unreal. Still, every time someone re-pomps it or says good on you, congratulations, or I put a post up on LinkedIn, someone likes it, it's still trickling through with 18,000 impressions or something on LinkedIn, if you understand what an impression yep. is on there, like screens it's reached and hundreds of likes. Like, not even the concept is that, just when someone's – I ran into someone down the street just before, went and got lunch, and she said, oh – you're packing up and going Asia. Oh my God, look at you, like little country boy in the big smoke. And I was just blows me out. Yeah. So cheers, Robert. It's, yeah, it's unreal. Still absolutely. So, ben, let's get into some of the nuts and bolts. Tell me yeah. about that application process from hearing about it through to interview. Give us some of the some look, of the meat. Look, I definitely think like anyone watching this and anyone that I would talk to about this, it is a daunting process, but in that don't be scared of it. It is it was a six-month application process. So initially, if I was to just try and explain it quite simply. 
dot points. I received a sort of like an automated email from Charles Sturt, my university. It said, you've been pre-nominated for this scholarship. And I thought, oh, is this a spam email, a phishing email to check? It said, please send an email to your global team. And I sent an email to the global team. I was like, yeah, hey, sure. I'm interested in going overseas to study. What is this a real thing? And they wrote back and said, yeah, sure is. My understanding is you've, you're in an appropriate course, an undergraduate course, appropriate age, met the criteria, et cetera. And they said, you need to complete a nomination form. So step one was obviously making contact. Got in touch with the ILO, the International Learning Officer. So that's the person who's the main point of contact for international affairs. My ILO's Alice from Charles Sturt, Alice Wood. Alice she's Wood. been yep. fantastic. So shout out to Alice Wood, definitely. And from there, I did a nomination, which essentially was an application in its own. And there's four criteria on, five, four criteria that you need to meet or make your points about. And it's, I don't know if in the exact order, but one's about leadership and engagement in your community. You got academics, you got academics. Leadership. Leadership, got resilience, resilience, adaptability and resilience, and then ability to contribute to NCP. So essentially leadership and engagement in the community, people might say, oh, I've never had any leadership roles. I've never been a manager. I've never done anything. I was volunteering at my PCYC on a Friday night with a program run by the PCYC in the police, just put my hand up, went down there and helped for a while. Leadership and engagement. I like to think I'm somewhat of an emerging leader in the community of mental health, people with mental health conditions, not just geographical. Nice. Leadership roles. Being a student mentor is a leadership role. Lots of things people don't think about until you unpack it with someone, such as Alice or yeah. student support. Adaptability and resilience. I like to think, and I'm proud to say I have that in Trump's. My adaptability and resilience to do each day as a person with a mental health condition, my survivor story, etc., And ability to contribute to NCP. Well, that's sort of point one, two, three, all in a bag, which is I'm going to do all this, take it overseas, do my best, represent my country, my union. Yeah, did that nomination. So that seems like a whole heap, but did that. And then I trimmed down to a few of us got through to application stage. Application stage was essentially doing your nomination, but better is my understanding. Nice. So at that point, the ILO, Alice and student support services, our workplace teams, they were also helpful. They, we had routine meetings. I linked in with people from work. My workplace was quite helpful in helping me contribute to the application. I essentially wrote an application got the application done and this is over months, you know, each point, yes, you're successful next stage. And I suppose the last stage was I got the application done and it was a long time to wait to find out if I had the interview. Got through to the interview stage, which I think for a lot of people is the most daunting one. And generally for me, I'd say it's a piece of piss to me to do an interview, <laughs> but this is probably the most daunting one I've ever had in my life. But again, obviously I got it, did the interview virtually, waited quite some time. I remember I woke up at five, four, five a.m. in the morning for some reason. I needed to go to the toilet or something, and I checked my phone and I had a little, the little badge with one. And I thought, oh, I'll check it now. I'm pretty tired. And I opened it and I seen it was like Palladium or NCP DFAT. And I was like, a partner, do I wait? Do I check it? Do I leave it? And I sat there staring at my phone at five a.m. for about fifteen minutes. I was like, oh my god, shit. Like, I don't want to read this because what if it's a no? Because at this point, originally I didn't care about it at the beginning. I was like, what is this scholarship? But as the stages went through, edge in my seat. And I checked it and I read it and I, it was like it was just blurred for the first three times I read it. And then it said, you are successful. And I just sat there and at 5 a.m. I remember I was sitting on the edge of my bed just shaking, going, message my partner. I just didn't know what to say. Didn't even tell her. I was just like, hey, you are messaging my spell. And I just sat there, went to bed, couldn't even really sleep. I was just pinging with excitement and yeah, got it and went and had a fantastic ceremony in Canberra at one of the unis there. Got to meet the Governor General, Honourable David Hurley, which was a massive achievement again little country boy person that's recovered from the person who used to be meeting a governor general some of the secretaries the pro vice chancellor from my university just yeah unreal Amazing. big process yeah yeah one thing that strikes me which i'd like you to talk a little bit more to but you're very good at 
working your personal story into how you present your thoughts. And to me, something that's critical when you're going through this NCP process right from that first nomination, writing your application, going to interview, is like owning that personal story and threading that through, you know, if they're talking about leadership, yeah, okay, it's not just like I have done X, Y, and Z, but telling a story with it. Tell me more about how you see that. Yeah, look, I think obviously just in terms of people when I think about storytelling, for me, it's a daily thing. It's my job role, obviously, as I talk about mm. my personal experience. So I'm very fortunate in that regard. I've done courses and training about how to do it. But if I was to truly remove the professional me and put just me applying for this and weaving myself into it, I thought at first they're not going to want to hear about this. But from the very first nomination stage, I said in the adaptability and resilience and point four, what I could contribute, I said I could contribute, you know, this, I think, the first nomination stage was a huge, big wording, but it was essentially as a person with a mental health condition, which I find as disabling, therefore disability, physical injuries, etc. I can contribute my experience of as a young country Australian man in terms of taking that overseas. I said, you'll have plenty, I played the angle of, you'll have plenty of people that have probably lived content life from the city and that's not to discredit them, but you're going to have someone that's comfortable talking about true experiences from the country on the ground, has lived through adversity and being able to understand that and share that experience more intimately with people overseas. I just yeah. use that. And I actually cried in my interview. Hey, it was so strange. I don't wouldn't shed a tear for a long time, but I literally turned into a blundering mess and actually stuffed up criteria. What was that? Second leadership and engagement. It was leadership and engagement moving on to three, I think, from memory. Yeah. And they asked me about what, and they said, why leadership? And they said, tell me a little bit more. I said what you said. Like, you obviously tell quite a bit of your story, Ben, in responding to us. Could you tell us a bit more? And I started to say, for me, I really want to role model specifically a personal passion of mine that intersects with this is I want to role model to young men, yep. young adolescents that are troubled, don't have father figures, etc. more of a personal intimate story that anything is possible if you set your mind to it, even yeah. with all the challenges, successes, et cetera, that you can achieve this even on a global platform. Whether it's you get the job at the local takeaway store, whether you get a mad job, you get on your A-grade sport team, all the way through to the federal government pays for you to go overseas for 12 months and wove that into it. And I cried my eyes out. That's why I think opening that email was even more interesting. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so for me, I there wasn't really a fine line. Yes, you need to have a professional understanding, but they, it was well received. They actually yeah. thanked me for it, and it was yeah, it was it was very emotional. Yeah, I know some people like want to block that stuff inside, or they feel awkward giving it up. But yeah. I think for this process, if you can't just open up to some extent and be really honest and show where you've got cracks in the armor, and like there are a, a thousand students with all the gloss, yeah, geez, heaps of stuff. Yeah, great. But if you can't share what's underneath, then it's going to be really hard for you to win that that scholarship. Something that you said that I picked up on there, which I think is pretty important, is you're saying young men in country Australia. That's the kind of people that I want to engage with. I want to bring back this knowledge and I want to help them. A very specific thing that you're pointing out, a very specific group of people, there's something very powerful in that. If I'm a law student in the big city and I'm talking about corporate law and bringing all this knowledge and connections back to improve all of the corporate law connections in the country, that's too big. It's not believable. When you're talking about it, I'm completely convinced. You're the guy that's going to come back and do it. I have no doubt whatsoever. And some of that, I reckon, that's specificity, narrowing in on exactly who you're trying to build those connections for and what you're going to do with that knowledge, I yeah. reckon, is pretty powerful. And, mate, props to you. Honestly, there, there's so much of this kind of negative masculinity stuff out there or, like, power masculinity and poor men have been oppressed for too long. And I think this really positive 
stuff that you're talking about is really valuable. We need good role models like you, man. So good on you. I think it's really valuable. Yeah. Cheers, Robin. I appreciate that. That was part of my intention. Like I, when I spoke to the uni, before I even knew I got the scholarship, I was saying they spoke about their idea of being an ambassador. So after the, and that sort of after the fact that you smash your program out and you do great things, you come back, each university will have an ambassador plus the NCP through um, DFAT, Department of Foreign Affairs, Palladium, who administers it, has mentors and alumni. Some of the alumni go to events and I really said that if I was successful, I want to use it as an opportunity post the program to advocate that regardless of your conditions, disability, mental health, et cetera, your social and family circumstances that you can do this. So mm. I set that as another goal before I even got the scholarship. I said, I want to be the ambassador. I want to be an alumni rep and mentor and to have that because I'm doing this to represent a community of disadvantaged people essentially. And like I said, it's more realistic. It's I'm essentially looking at for the me five years ago that if I'd had that level of support, things could have been differently, but I'm right. glad they didn't. Why? Because I've turned 10,000 negatives into 10,000 positives exponentially 100 percent, man it's the path is behind you isn't it it's yeah like, exactly that's what leads you forward that's awesome yeah so i would throw one word of caution in there because what you're talking about then is incredibly powerful you know i'm going to come back i already know that i want to be involved as an ambassador i know i want to carry this message forward that's incredibly persuasive yeah or an interview panel because that's a big criteria yeah but if you're watching this and you're thinking about applying for the scholarship only say that if you're like fully genuine about it yeah don't just do it for the point of they'll pick up on that they will probe you and they will find the hole through i think that um, was in one of your videos from memory which has said this is you're a panel member from your yourself you were part of this group i believe yeah i was, I was on the panels for years and years expert yeah. interviewed hundreds thousands yeah. tens of people heard just call a spade meaning just call it how it is there's people yeah. that will bullshit and say i've done this it's as simple as dfat and the panelists and their teams can ring up your references, can ring people. They can find out, and I, I don't think I exaggerated or lied a bit. I was probably so down to earth more than I needed to be, but I, I think, again, it's authentic. So if you're going to say you're going to do it, if you're going to represent proudly, like I told them, I'm going to struggle when I go over there. Yeah, Didn't say, I'll be fine. Oh, shit, I'm a person that has anxiety. I'm going to be nervous. Culture shock's going to rock me, but I'm going to make sure I'm supported. I'm going to keep in touch with my case manager, my family. I've got... God, we, I'm going over there with 15 or so other scholars and we've already got the networks. I've already linked in. I reckon LinkedIn, 50% of my people on LinkedIn and even on Facebook now are NCP people, whether it's previous scholars, Palladium people, yourself, people in the community, people that are from the Indo-Pacific region. Yeah, it's yeah, it's just amazing, honestly. I'm really fortunate. I just think anyone that has the opportunity to go for it, but I had no clue and not a single person I'd spoken to that's attended uni in this area had even has it ever heard of it it's so under the radar for like essentially probably the most prestigious scholarship available in australia yeah i agree they will after you get back mate yeah exactly oh they i've will already get back. <laughs> i've already done i've already hit up the mp and the mayor and all the other relevant rotary clubs i've done an intensive amount of networking about what i want to do pre during post for anyone that's watching this preparing for the ncp if you do have a little bit of anxiety or you've had mental health issues in the past and you're a bit worried about that go back and watch what ben has just said again because that's one of the most compelling honest ways to address that question around resilience that i've actually heard is just owning the fact that you're going to be confronted culture shock's going to hit you but here's what i'm going to do about it here's the strategy that i've already got that's really powerful stuff that will make you feel confident for a start 
but then also show an interview panel that you're owning it, you're being authentic, you know what your challenges are, and you're ready to face them. That's very persuasive. So go back and watch that section again. Hey, Ben, legends to talk to you, man. Thank you for giving me such a big chunk of your time. Any last piece of advice that you would give to somebody thinking of applying for the NCP? Or actually, let's be more specific, rather than applying for it, somebody who's in the process, they're about to go into that interview. What do they need to know? I think finding someone, it's an inside tip, finding someone that you can reflect upon because you might have a bit of an imposter syndrome, meaning that when you're writing these great things about yourself, you generally think, I'm not that person, I'm not good enough, and you might downplay your successes. So for me, having a colleague and friend who I worked with in the same office actually talking about these things, hey, can you proofread this? And we did a bit of reflection about some honest talking. These are some of your strengths, Ben. These are some of your weaknesses. And then we flipped those weaknesses into strengths and learning. So having someone there, but just going for it. Like It's one of those things where I never thought I would have been able to do it. And I'm going overseas in as soon as three months and traveling over there to live over there. So yeah, just anyone that has the chance to do it, just try your hardest. And there's so much support out there. Just being at university is the biggest success and the biggest academic achievement. That was my like opening sentence in Criteria 1. The fact that I'm even enrolled in university is an amazing, it's academic excellence in its own. Ben Bryan studies Bachelor of Social Work at Charles Sturt University and is off on the new Colombo plan to the Republic of Korea in just a few months. It's going to have an amazing experience. Mate, thank you so much for joining me today and sharing your story. And you know what? I'm super looking forward to reconnecting in like a couple of years' time when you get back from this. Awesome. And have a Cheers, good about what it was like. Yeah, really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate the time. Good on you, man. Thanks for joining me on this episode of the NCP Journey Podcast. Remember that we cover stories from all stages of the NCP Journey, students who are early in their interview and application process, right through to people who've been overseas or who are currently overseas and those people who've been back for some time. So there are heaps of great stories coming your way. Make sure you hit subscribe in whichever podcast app you use and I'll see you in the next episode of The Journey. Have a great day.